Hello, Scream Demons, and welcome to the Screams from the Basement podcast with Sam and Casey. I'm one of your co-hosts. I am Casey. And I'm Sam. And today we are joined with a special guest. We're joined by a director of the new Christmas horror film, A Creature Was Stirring. We are joined by director Damien Levesque. Damien, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, we are happy to have you here because we have a we have a lot to talk about with this with this movie. Uh, the, the movie, like I said, is a creature was stirring. It is out right now as uh, we are we are dropping this episode. So the first question we have for you, Damien, tell the audience what the movie is about. If they have seen the trailer, they probably get a, a good idea what it is. But in your own words, as the director, what is a creature was stirring about? Um, the Creature Restoring is about a uh, set during a blizzard uh, that snowed uh, that snowed the men and mom and daughter are um, in their house and mom's keeping her daughter pumped full of medication and locked in her bedroom because she thinks that if she gets too hot or too cold, she'll turn into a monster. So these two kids break into the house looking for shelter from the blizzard and they discover that the mother and the daughter have this really dysfunctional relationship and that there is something else lurking in the shadows. Things are not what they seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, this is a wild movie. It's um, it's part home invasion thriller. It's part creature feature, um, and and there's a there's just a lot of different elements that come into this movie. So what what initially drew you to the script? Um, what made you decide to direct this? And what did you bring to this script as a director? Um. I, well, let me back up. So a couple, three years ago, uh, the writer, Shannon Wells, uh, did a cold submission through our website, scubalonentertainment.com, where writers can submit their own scripts uh, without representation. And I do my best to get through as many of those as possible. I was reading this one on an airplane, and I finished it and turned to my wife, and my jaw was on the floor. I said, you've got to read this. This is one of the best horror screenplays I've ever read. And Shannon has a very unique voice in the way that he writes. And I spent the next year and a half, two years developing the script with him and getting it into, you know, what I felt was shape to film it because I had every intention of making this movie. I, I, I had to do this. This was going to be my next movie for sure. And we went a num- we went several rounds on the story, addressing things from character to the ending to, you know, just readability and just, you know, basic stuff, which is what I do through my company. And once I felt like it was in shape, I started to take it out and I eventually sold it and we shot it. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. One of of the things that's obviously going to draw people into this movie right away and and for me especially looking at the casting of this because I've seen I've seen the the cleansing hour your your previous film and mm-hmm. was like yeah that's a that's a fun little thrill ride where anyone who honestly it's one of those movies where I recommend to people all the time my wife loves that movie too she's like oh, always trying to show her friends that movie that's one of those like kind of hidden gems in our house um but for this one obviously I saw your name attached to it and I was like all right cleansing hour I like that movie a lot need to check out this new one but then going into this, there's a, uh, I mean, I, for us horror fans, there's a huge casting in this of Scout Taylor Compton for TV and just general media fans. Uh, Chrissy mm-hmm. Metz is also the lead of this film. What was the casting process of especially getting those two to join the film? You know, casting is a really tricky process in any movie, and it can often take a lot of time. 
And we were exploring a lot of different options for the role of faith, the mom. And Chrissy really stood out to me as an elevated choice because she's not, when you read the script, she's not the first person that you think of in terms of who should play this. And for mm -hmm. with Chrissy, you know, one of my, well, it's hard to narrow it down, but a, a favorite of mine is uh, Rob Reiner's Misery. And I really loved Kathy Bates in that. And I thought that this is an opportunity to go really dark with Chrissy Metz after doing This Is Us. And mm -hmm. she could really sort of channel that kind of character in this movie. So I was really excited to push her there. And our distributor was really excited by it as a different choice. And then my casting director, David, suggested Scout. And they Scout actually has the same management company as Chrissy. So it yeah. kind of worked out. And... Um, you know, it's like, wow, so if we can have Scout, that'd be fantastic. She's perfect for this. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically how it went down. And we were just really excited to have them both. And they bring a lot to the movie. We, we I have a phenomenal mm -hmm. cast. Like Annalise yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Connor is fantastic. And they each brought their own special thing that made it really fun to, to direct them and to uh, watch them bring the script alive, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely one of my first thoughts watching this because I didn't watch a trailer for this. Like, I like to go into these completely blind, um, especially when we get like early, early screener type of things. And uh, the first thing I thought when I saw Chrissy Metz was like, this is way against type for her. Yeah. Um, was there any discussion uh, after her casting, like how to like approach this differently? Because I think if someone goes from this is us, to this movie they're going to be a little they're going to be a little shell-shocked because you yeah. deal with some very heavy stuff in this yeah and i think i think chrissy was a little shell-shocked frankly because yeah. it's a different role and we did have to talk a lot about it and you know how far do we push her in terms of the of the uh, uh in terms of the character mm -hmm. we, you know we we i was i was fortunate enough to have time sitting down with her you know offset and outside of prep to discuss these sorts of things and i think i would think it went a long way and that way she could kind of get inside of my head and kind of understand like okay where's what what does he want you know and what and, and what what can i do for this character to you know to to match what damien is expecting so um it went really well awesome awesome and uh there's so you have a, you have a great cast of characters here but you also have a creature that's lurking in this house the the creature that is stirring um and I mean, you can see it in the poster and in the promotional material. So I guess we can kind of say like, it's porcupine like, yeah. um, what, mm -hmm. what was the design process like for that? And why, like, why porcupines? And I say that as someone who's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a porcupine horror yeah. creature before. I just, I love <laughs> yeah. it. I that love was it. Why I thought it was so cool. It was so unique. I actually asked Shannon about that. Like why porcupines? And I, don't think he had a great answer. I think <laughs> okay. he was just like, I, you know, I think they're kind of cool. And they are, specifically the one in the mm -hmm. movie is an African crested porcupine. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. porcupine. And, you know, they really aren't that aggressive. They just, you know, the, the way that they attack is they like, they back up and they like run backwards, you know, with their spines pointed at you whenever they're threatened. Um, and unless you're like a cheetah or a lion that's trying to kill them, they generally leave you alone. But I digress. <laughs> anyway, I worked with a phenomenal creature concept artist named Michael Epinette. And he got inside my head. We had a number of phone calls. I had, you know, sketched out some ideas and then he kind of ran with it and came back to me and said like, what about this or what about that? And I was like, well, you know, I like the, I like the features of this and I like the features of that. 
and we eventually came up with this magnificent monster that really doesn't look i mean that that doesn't really look like what's in the movie because once we got to the production process you know you have to take this concept and then you have to build it mm-hmm. yeah so you know it's like it's like a concept car or a, or building a really crazy house or drawing a really crazy house it's like you have to figure out how you're going to engineer this thing either as a puppet or as a suit that someone wears or you know whatever goes into making it work so then then there's like this creative sort of compromise where you have the idea over here and you've got the reality of you know creature creation over here and then you have to come together and you say okay this is what we need to change to make this work and we can add this to make that work and then you end up with the with the finished creature it's really a wonderful process and it's uh you know it's also dictated a lot by money i mean like what can you afford to do with you know time Mm -hmm. and materials and visual effects and that sort of thing but uh ultimately we have a very unique monster that nobody's ever seen anything like before and that was ultimately my goal how can we create a monster that no one has seen that is terrifying and that works that just works Mm -hmm. yeah so was it man in a suit type of um filmmaking or was it puppeteering or was it a little bit of both it was a little bit of both actually because we did different builds of the monster one of them was a suit one of them was a puppet and we also have a few other small creatures in there that are puppets as well Mm -hmm. but you know i'm a big advocate of keeping the the beauty and art of practical effects alive so i'm like any any movie that i make is going to have some kind of monster practically made body horror you know old-fashioned you know the the old way that it was done and i'm not against enhancing those with 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 vfx but i really like the sort of tangible nature of it and it, there is something to it that the audience doesn't pick up on whether the audience does pick up on either consciously or subconsciously you know ironically at the end of the cleansing hour you know there's a monster at the end of the cleansing hour and i had so mm-hmm. many people tell me when i was reading comments and stuff online like oh that cg looks like crap and what they didn't realize <laughs> that's not CG. That's yeah. actually a practical monster that was it was ninety five percent practical, and we just enhanced it a little bit. But uh, you know, sometimes the audience can't tell. But you know, I still yeah. I still think that if it's done practically, it, it feels more real. Yeah, I mean, people say the same thing about the werewolf and Annabelle comes home, and that was a guy in a suit. Like, yeah, uh, there are a lot of people on the internet that mm-hmm. don't know a CG effect when they <laughs> see one. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, yeah, the 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 porcupine effects, and that's such a, again, uh, it's a crazy thing to talk about when you're talking about a Christmas horror movie. The porcupine effects in this movie, they are so good, and it makes you scared of of this giant creature that is just lurking in this house. It just so happens that it is a big porcupine. I want to talk about the 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 Christmas part of this this movie. Where was it always intended to take place over the Christmas? time period was it always intended to be a christmas movie um and how does maybe you don't have an answer for this uh how does the porcupine incorporate into the christmas theme of the movie it actually was not always intended to be a christmas movie but there were rumblings in the industry that christmas horror was going to be the next hot thing and (laughs) we had a couple of people mention to us could you potentially rewrite the screenplay so that it's set at christmas and of course we said yes it really didn't mm-hmm. it really wasn't that big of a stretch because it was basically just adding christmas decor to the set because there mm-hmm. was always a blizzard yeah and then as far as the porcupine is concerned uh that's not 
we just kind of ran with that. That didn't. Change <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a awesome. big thing. That's yeah. That was a big thing that stood out to me while watching it was obviously like the creature design, the, the characters, the actors, but also the lighting of this movie. It's so, so mesmerizing the Christmas lighting that you have in this. Uh, can you like kind of talk to, uh, to us about, you know, what it, what it's like to light the set with uh, lots of greens and reds that you use throughout the movie? And yeah. Blues, we, yeah. With my, I, I spent a lot of time in the look development with my DP, Alexander Chinesi. He, uh, we really went big and we wanted to take a risk with the, with the visuals here so that this doesn't look like every other movie. And I gave him a very bright, very saturated palette to work with. I came in with a bunch of, you know, sample images for like, this is the sort of stuff that I like. And then he kind of took that and did his own thing with it. And, you know, we, 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 there's a lot of throwback. There's a lot of nostalgia in this movie, and I really love the creature movies of the '80s. And one of the one of the you know hallmarks of the photography in those movies is this really sort of saturated cerulean, this blue color, this blue light, and it's different from like to say like the cyan, the cyan blue, the sort of like mute, more muted blue that you see in like the late '90s. So we really went for like that really dark hue, that really dark blue hue um, for 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 much of it, and then. Um, we used certain colors like the the magenta and the green to be uh, associated with different characters, right? So charm mm -hmm. is like magenta and green, and anything s associated with 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 mom is is in the blues. So it was it was very much tied into the story, very much tied into the themes, and we wanted to go big with that because we felt like it fit with Christmas and with Christmas lights and everything else associated with the holiday. It just it just works, I think. And I'm really proud of it because um, it, it really does. It really doesn't look like most of the Christmas movies that you see out there. And I I'm really proud of the work that Alex Chinesi did on it because we did take a lot of risks and I think they paid off. Yeah. This movie looks gorgeous. The cinematography is is incredible. Um, you uh, did you film this in an actual house or was this a set? Did you did you build this? We filmed it in an actual house in Kentucky okay. in the dead of summer. Oh jeez, it's, it's set in a blizzard. <laughs> we filmed it in the dead of summer, which I don't recommend. It's yeah. Extremely hot inside, but. It uh, is an actual house, and we spent a long time looking at big houses. I probably looked at every big house that would let us film in it in Kentucky. I we looked at so many houses because so much of the geography and the blocking in the script is specific to the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and there were th there were certain things about the story that just don't exist in houses. For I'll give you an example. The biggest one is that Charm's bedroom is upstairs in 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 the script mm -hmm. and the bedroom is like a master bedroom a master suite that has a bathroom and a bathtub and all of that there is not a single house in the entire state of kentucky that has a master suite with uh, <laughs> on the second floor <laughs> so in in the movie we just did a we just did movie magic tricks and we made it look like it was that way so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's awesome um, so you, you know, we, we talked about you, uh, bringing Christmas in and not only does that work in the, in the lighting department and, uh, help create the, uh, the, uh, visual atmosphere of the movie, but you also use a lot of like old Christmassy hymns. 
And uh, that kind of stuff is just eerie and spooky to me in general. Um, can you talk a little bit about the music selection process? Um, and, you know, like not just playing the same Christmas songs that every Christmas horror movie does yeah. or every Christmas movie even, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. First of all, I'll start with the opening theme, which is a, which is a, an arrangement of what child is this. Mm -hmm. And Shannon, I actually asked Shannon to write, rewrite the lyrics for what child is this specific to the movie. And mm -hmm. my friend Katrina Kane, who is a wonderful musician, did the arrangement and sang it. And it's so eerie and it's in this minor key and it's a very familiar theme that everybody knows, but the lyrics are specific to the movie, which is great. And I then, didn't even pick up on that. I have to rewatch this now. <laughs> the, if, you want, if you want to catch like all the, like the, the most, the, the last song in the movie is the same movie as the, as the or same song as the title sequence. And you can listen to the lyrics closely. But awesome. they all have they all have to do with the with the with the movie mm -hmm. um, and the and the story, and then for the score, I worked with my composer, who I, I I told him that I wanted to go with strings. Like I I love the classical sound, and he composed this incredible score with a string quartet and a few like really awesome old instruments that I couldn't even tell you what they're called, but. Um, <laughs> My composer Matt O'Malley was phenomenal and so talented and could, could work so quickly and like immediately understood what I was going for in terms of like the, the theme. I wanted it to have this sort of holiday feel. I wanted it to be creepy and like and un, un, unsettling. And he just he immediately sent me a an Apple an Apple playlist, an iTunes playlist of well, how about this? How about these? You know, as, as samples and. I was immediately floored. I was like, oh my gosh, he completely gets it. And by the way, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of, of music because he just <laughs> really quickly. But uh, that's how that's how the, the music came together. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, and I, it's, I, there is one song in it that's that I that was actually in the script and we were able to license it uh, for not a lot of money, but it was an Atari Teenage Riot song, which I'm which I think is really awesome. So. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the filmmaking process of this movie. You said you you guys filmed in the the dead heat of the summer, um, <laughs> a movie that you weren't expecting to be a Christmas movie at first. What was the hardest thing you had going into production of this movie? What was the most difficult, you know, set piece to pull off, character design, oh or even just emotional <laughs> beat to 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 pair off? Yeah. Well, full disclosure, this was a very difficult movie to make. There was nothing about it that was easy. And you might have heard somebody say, you might have heard someone say at some point in time that movies don't want to be made. They just don't. They will fight mm -hmm. tooth and nail to prevent you from making them. And this one certainly did. I'm, one of the things that nearly killed us and that could have just made the whole movie fall apart, though, is we had to shut down twice because people got sick. Oh. And yeah. that caught, that forced us to just eat through our contingency, and we we wanted to hold on to our crew, so we had to pay them while they were gone, while they were off, while we weren't filming. And then the Fourth of July holiday came up, and we had to work through. We had to like you know get through that before we could continue filming again. That was maybe one of the scariest things to happen. But as far as like filming is concerned, I would say one of the most stressful days that I had was the tunnel scene, because the set was not done and i was we were we burnt like three and a half hours four hours almost on set just waiting waiting oh, no. for the set to be finished and i'm 
and it and the set didn't work how I expected it to. So I'm there like doing like mental gymnastics, trying to figure out, okay, I'm gonna put the camera here and it's gonna do this, and she's gonna go this way, and I'm gonna turn around and do that. And I, I was like, okay, I you know I think we can I think we can do this. I think I can make this make sense. And we did it, and we pulled it off, and it was definitely the most stressful day of filming, but. I think it ended up being the scariest part of the whole movie and the, like the, one of the most exciting scenes of the whole movie. So it's funny how that stuff <laughs> works out that way, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's kind of why this is an incredible process because every day when you think that you are going to go kill yourself and you know, the, the, the life is over, you end up with something wonderful. And <laughs> this process, it's a total mental, uh, it's a mental game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, props on on the uh, on the tunnel sequence. It's my favorite sequence of the movie. I think it's just yeah. in, incredible. It's such an intense set piece. Scout is great in it, and it's just oh my gosh! If 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 if, if just the entire idea of like you're opening the door and there's a, a tunnel and you got to crawl through. It's it's such a great <laughs> great idea for a set piece and well well put together. Yeah, I mean, well, as someone uh, who's been in. As someone who's been in blizzards my whole life, you know, Midwest born and raised, like that, that's already like a claustrophobia thing. And then you add the terrifying creature visual and like, yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that you had an awful, like an awful lead up to that because yeah, it's a, it's a banger set piece. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, I'm going to use this point uh, to We'll get into our last couple questions. And this is where we're going to throw up a little bit of a spoiler warning. So if people want to check this out before we get into the full spoilers, where can people watch the movie, Damien? Go to Apple uh, and uh, it's the TV app on your phone or on your computer. And you can pre order it now for $12.99 and it will be out on VOD on December 12th. It'll be in select theaters on December 8th. And uh, December 12th is when you'll be able to officially download it. Awesome. And, you know, this is a, we are an independent film. Uh, You know, we aren't, we aren't distributed by big studios or financed by big studios. So really anybody that wants to just support a horror movie, go buy it on, go buy it on iTunes. That's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Everybody go pause the interview, go rent the movie, go buy the movie, come back and we'll, we'll get a little bit into the, the, the depths of the movie, I guess. So yeah. Everybody who I'm hoping that's continuing to listen has seen the movie. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the characters in this movie because you go into different directions I was not expecting with the characters. Um, you know, you're dealing with the the mother who is a recovering drug addict, and that has a big overarching theme throughout the entire movie. What was it like dealing with heavy themes like that in the movie? And what was what was Chrissy's thought process as you know playing that character? Well, it's very personal for me because I have I have an understanding, a very personal connection to addiction. I understand what that I understand how it works. I understand sort of the ins and outs of it in a way that maybe somebody who doesn't who or who hasn't experienced it does. And Chrissy's the same way. So it, it, it was very personal for both of us. And it really kind of helped in a way because it allowed us to both dig deep into the character and sort of like empathize with the character in a way that we wouldn't otherwise. It's very easy to be dismissive of people with addiction, but this one i think was uh this, this one it was a very deep character very heavy subject and we we had the utmost respect for it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um 
you're uh, we i don't necessarily want to spoil the final shot but I, I suppose if everybody's already seen the movie your final shot in this is haunting it's horrendous um it's <laughs> like it, it is stuck with me since i watched this movie it's like thank you it it, it, the la <laughs> it like it's such a gut punch and I'm a sucker for movies that end on a gut punch and then just roll credits over that gut over punch, the, you know, over like, the gut punch. Yeah. 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 You know, you get like that, in the original black Christmas recently in Pearl, like all of the, and like your movie does that and it does it very well. At what point in the process did that final shot become evident? Was that in the script or was that something you kind of discovered? Um, like how did you decide to end on that horrific note of the mm -hmm. the dead girl caught in the bushes like ah the script didn't originally have her dying okay. that is one of my few contributions to the script is i told shannon i think she needs to die at the end i love a dark ending i love a mm -hmm. dark ending i i'm not a happy ending kind of guy i just i'm not and i think that if done right a dark ending is really great mm -hmm. so Shannon wrote her in that he died, or wrote it in that she died. And I don't remember exactly when I had the idea for the final shot, but it was the very first shot of the movie that we did. Really? We, it was the very, very first scene, very first shot that we did was that shot. And uh, I, I remember it very, very well. And it worked out. It was a really difficult shot too, because... Mm -hmm. We, you know, being a lower budget movie, we didn't have a techno crane, a 30 foot techno crane that would make a shot like that extremely easy to pull off. So we had a steady cam operator operate the whole thing on steady cam over uneven ground. And oh, then geez. once he hit his, his two, his second point, he had to stand there and hold still because, you know, we were filming this, you know, you, as you know, it was like it, the picture holds there, right? Oh yeah, and he pulled it off, and he did a phenomenal job. We just stabilized it a little bit, and it worked out. So it, it is it is a haunting image, and it matches up with the artwork that she that she had drawn. She would sort of foretold her own death, mm -hmm. which, which yeah. is uh, haunting as well. And uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very proud of how that turned out. I'm glad yeah. you guys liked oh, it. You yeah. you should be that like that final shot is just like it's it's ha mm -hmm. it's a gut punch. It's so fun. Well, not fun, yeah. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's fun for you in the same way it was fun for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, All last right. question that I have. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up with one of my favorite questions to ask. Uh, if you're going to pair a creature with stirring right now, people are going to go watch it or have watched it now. What movie would you, as the director, pair this movie with to follow up? keep in mind maybe the gut punch ending i don't you said you're not a happy ending guy so maybe you're not gonna keep the you're not gonna change into a happy ending type of movie maybe you're gonna keep the gut punch going what movie would you pair with this you mean like like a glass like a like a wine with a steak yeah yeah like a double feature yeah, yeah. or a double double feature oh wow that's a great question i you know the the movie that one of the movies that or or series of movies that i really love is critters and you know that yeah. there's a there's sort of a porcupine element in critters as well <laughs> yeah. just like the nature of the monster but um that was the first thing that popped in my head when you said that so that's what i'm going to go with and it's hey. a complete as far as like as far as like the story and the tone <laughs> it's completely different 
But I think that's why it works because it's a compliment to this one. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. You can't you can't hit him with a creature with stirring and then just go right into like the mist. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, talk about a dark ending. Right. <laughs> dark ending. By the way, I'm I'm keeping with the dark ending because my next movie has a very dark ending. So it's very oh, nice. Awesome. Never yeah. change. Awesome. We love a good dark yeah. ending. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, all, all right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap this thing up then. Damien, again, where can people watch this? And I'm gonna ask that since you teased it, I'm gonna have to ask it. What's next for you? Okay. Um, you can watch a creature with stirring December 8th in LA, Detroit, San Diego, Chicago, and Dallas. It'll be in select theaters there, and then it will be on Apple VOD on December 12th. Go and pre-order it now. It's up there. You can see it. Pre-order it. Um, oh, your, yeah. your director thanks you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then as far as what we have next, we are casting a movie right now called Trotterhead. It's an Amish witch ghost story. So if you can imagine the oh. witch in the Amish country, it All is, right. would be awesome. It's about a, a widower who is falls under a curse after her family dies tragically in an accident. And I'll just leave it at that. So. Oh man, I can't wait. Oh, that yeah. sounds yeah, that, sounds that sounds so great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Keep thank the you dark so much, ending Damien. coming with the with the Amish as well. Keep them coming. Yeah. Oh, you 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 will get it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Damien. This was this was awesome. Uh, My pleasure. Again, thank you for having go me. Go check guys. out Creature Was Stirring. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.